0: And this is the podcast. Go be great. There's no such thing as TMI here. So let's chat, meet amazing humans and have conversations about life, confidence and more without the filter. Come hang weekly as I shed light on the topics we often feel we need to hide as we celebrate the ebbs and flows of learning what being great really looks like. Buckle up, buttercups, and let's go be great together.
1: This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women for women.
0: Hello, hello! Welcome back, fam. I am coming in. I told you guys August was going to be so fun with guests. And you have probably seen me talk about... Our today's guest, as you can tell from the title, as the Queen of Joy. I don't know if you have called yourself that, but I sure do. Christine Daynard is an advocate for authenticity, joy, and mindset coach, inspirational speaker, host of the Say It Out Loud podcast, and the Joy Project community. She is just a lover of all things fun, joyous, and fabulous and inspirational. So help me welcome Christine Daynard to Go Be Great. <laughs> That is quite the intro. Thank you so much,
1: Becca. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Okay. So top of the episode, we always, usually it's like a vibe check. So we can do that first. What's your vibe? I know you said before coming into this, it was like a little bit of a hectic day, but what's the vibe? How are we feeling?
1: Overall, the vibe is good. I was saying today I have a little bit of brain fog. So I'm like, if I like, ah,
0: if I have those moments, you'll know that's why. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of times where I even just stopped editing them out at this point where I'm like, what was I saying again? Oh, right, right, right. (laughs)
1: 100%.
0: All the tabs are open, right? All the tabs. In case you guys can't hear it already, Malin, I'm so sorry, but there's people working outside of my house. So Bruno is a third guest today. (laughs) I'm hoping that it doesn't pick up too much of his chatter. Welcome to it. Number one, rapid fire of this round. Who was your first celebrity crush?
1: Oh my gosh! Yikes! I can't even think of one. Um, oh my god! And of course, we're from two completely different generations.
0: That's why this is so fun. I probably will be able to lean on
1: you for this. Okay. Well, first of all, oh my god, names! Names always bewilder me. What was his name? There was a show called Growing Pains.
0: Oh yes, I used to watch that Cameron. show all the time. Cameron. Cameron. Yep. Oh my god, what was, what was his, was his name? Last name? Hold on. Oh my god, Kirk Cameron.
1: Kirk Cameron.
0: Yes, little
1: Kurt Cameron. I thought he was the cutest thing on the planet. Those like little dimples. I think I even had like back in the day. So I don't know if you did this in your generation, but in mine we sure did. Where we had like Bop posters in our lockers of like our favorite, oh, yeah, yeah, celebrities. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was definitely in my locker, along with like Corey Heyman and Corey or Corey Haim. Was it Corey Haim? See, so, yeah, I can't remember their names. This is this is how long ago we're deeping, we're, we're deeping. <laughs> this is how long we're digging into the uh, history vault here. Those are
0: so good, though. I used to watch that show all the time. I'm 35, so I'm not like, you know, I, I'm, I'm into the uh, old school network television, if you will. That was I
1: love best. it.
0: Okay. All right. If you could use magic on one mundane task for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh my God. Like my calendar. Organizing. Organizing. I am a terrible organizer. Um, Same. You know what? I just would say it's certainly not a strength. I would rather be doing the things and have someone yelling at me from the sidelines saying, okay, stop really not do this now because this is the next time on your list.
0: <laughs> Definitely organizing. Like a director of sorts.
1: Yes. I, I, I actually have a friend recently who said to me, Christine... You're like the star of the show. You just need a manager who can like manage all the things. I'm like, that's exactly what I need.
0: <laughs> yes, that's so true. Oh my goodness. Or like, I could even see you really slaying like a Mary Poppins style. Like, I think you would have fun with that. If you were had like, mm. like the dancing and just like the choreography of it all, I feel like that would be really great. Yeah, the dancing and the singing, I would be all over that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, so next one. What is your go-to movie? when you feel like you need a mood booster. It could even be like nostalgic, like a movie that, I call it your emotional support shows or like emotional support movies.
1: I love that one that's always at Christmas. It's like cheese ball, but it's like, for whatever reason I love it, it's, um, oh my gosh.
0: Oh, those old school Christmas movies are the best. It's not even that, well, isn't that old school? I I mean, I
1: feel like it's not, but I think it is. The one with, um, oh my God, I'm terrible at this, names honestly. It's okay.
0: All the time. What is happening in the movie? Okay. So it's where. <laughs> Besides that it's Christmas. What's his name?
1: Oh my God. See, this is bad. So that guy with the dark hair, uh, Grant. Grant. Hugh, oh, Grant. Hugh Grant. Okay. And yeah, he's the president and he ends up falling in love with like one of his assistants. And what is it called? Oh, and there's like actually like four stories going on in this movie. Four Christmases? So there's, no. Oh. Oh my god.
0: I <laughs> watch every on this. year at Christmas. I hope that people are screaming at their devices right now the name of this movie. It's okay, Hugh Grant it's British
1: based. It's B- British based. It's Hugh Grant. He's the president. Um there's like also a story about these two other guys and they're single guys and the one guy's like oh, I'm going to go to the states and find me a lady because they like um, they like British guys and then love another story. Yeah. That's ah, a
0: lot. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> Why do I not remember names Wow. Okay. Anyway, I feel like it's I'm harder glad- when you're
0: on the spot too. It's hard, if, if I gave you these random fact questions ahead of time, you would have had them ready. Like, well, what was the name of that guy again? It's yeah. Okay, it's a fun little. It's it's like a trivia game, and we didn't even know it. That's right. <laughs> okay. What is a hype song? What song gives you like a good boost that makes you dance around?
1: Oh, my God. I love anything with a really great beat. Like, oh, my God. you're I'm doing it again. I have no idea what the name, you know. <laughs> that Okay. So trivia is not my thing. It's so funny because my son will say to me all the time, you know, mommy, he'll name the song and he'll name the artist. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is. And then <laughs> he'll play the song. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally know this song. So I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, So I actually don't know if I could give you a song right now. That's okay.
0: this game. You, I know that you love your music because you're always dancing around. And so I'm going to pivot this question then. And have you always done that? Have you always been like, just when the music comes on, you'll truly just feel it and go with it?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm a very energy central kind of girl, right? So mm-hmm. um, if I'm feeling it, my body's moving. That's really as simple as it is.
0: Love that. Okay. Last question. It's not a trivia question. Thank God. (laughs) What is your favorite sandwich?
1: What is my favorite sandwich?
0: A sandwich can be classified as anything between any type of carbohydrate. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I actually love? I love me a good tuna melt. Ooh, good
1: one. Okay. Okay. Um, But I always make tuna with like a little green onion, some dill pickle chopped up real fine, a little bit of Dijon mustard in there, a little salt, pepper, mayo. It's so good. I'm like, now I'm like, ooh, maybe that's what we'll have for dinner tonight.
0: (laughs) Tuna melts all around. Yeah. Do you put chips on the inside of your sandwich?
1: Oh, when we were kids, we made chip sandwiches, man. yeah. Yeah. That's the best.
0: They are good. They are good. Okay. That's it. You're you're off the hook now on that stuff. Now we'll get, now these, those questions, those questions would probably be the quote unquote, like easier ones for anyone else. But because the workspace that I feel like we're both in, these now will be the ones that are probably easier. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank God. Yes. Yes. You're good. Sorry. I put you through the ringer on that one. Um, You really did. (laughs) So what has led you to take this path of leading other, is it, I'm assuming it's specifically women-based, this community that you've built? Like where, who are you (laughs) before starting all of this? You know, what's actually
1: really funny is when I look back at photo albums of when we were kids in our family, somehow I always had this jolly old joyful smile on my face. No matter what we were doing, where we were, what was happening, There was always this being inside of me that came out and shone through. And it's funny because my sister and I used to look at albums together and in every picture she was like, she had a frown on, she was so angry and miserable, but I was always like, you know, like, here's Christine. So I actually believe that joy has been something that I was born with. It's like a gift that I was born with and somehow have this ability to tap into looking for the good instead of looking for the bad. So I find that when you make uh, a choice and start leaning into the good and always try to find, you know, where's the cup half full instead of half empty or full, uh, I always look for that. So it's kind of always been a part of who I am. But of course, like everybody else, you know, you go through the human experience and you learn things along the way in your life and you pick up all these beliefs that you have about yourself and what you're not good at and who you're not and who you can't be and who you're not allowed to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, a lot of that was about being, I was too loud, I was too much, I said too much. Um, Literally, my volume was too much. My energy was too much for people. And so I often found myself becoming much smaller so I could make the people around me far more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a very long time. Um, At one point, I ended up getting involved in a job where I was in sales and I loved it because the longer I was in it and the more comfortable and better I got at it, I actually started to just express myself the way I naturally did. Although, what's interesting is I had a ton of anxiety about it because I never really felt like I could truly align with who I was authentically. I felt like I was always holding back and hiding a lot. Right. Mm. And so, you know, you asked me what sort of inspired this community. I think for me, it's that. I went through all of this change and then becoming aware of who I was and why I was acting the way that I was and why I had anxiety around being myself. It's because it was always trying to be siphoned out of me instead of encouraged, encouraging me to be who I was. And so I felt really alone and oftentimes do have moments of great loneliness because I find that other people don't always understand where you're coming from, right? When you think independently and differently Um, people aren't always up for those conversations or to be there for you. So I realized along this journey that I wasn't alone in that. There are a lot of people and are a lot of people that also feel like they don't have the support systems around them. They were never encouraged to be who they were either in society or family or whoever was in their life has also done a number on them. So I really just felt this desire and and this pull and draw to help women you know, uncover who they truly are and lose the shame and the guilt for whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> had come into their life as a result of just being who they want to be and and coming together and supporting each other in a non-judgmental, fun, joyful environment where they can the women like together, we learned about each other, but we also lean into conversation about things that allow us to become more aware of who we are or, you know, how to tap into more of that joy, how to use our voice and ask for what we want. So those things have been really important to me and uh, it's growing in the sense that it's becoming or is already important to a lot of other people as well.
0: As you were just talking, it so reminded me of that phrase that you see a lot of, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like the girls who got too chatty or too loud on their report cards are actually the type of embodiment that we need. As adults. Like, so I'm always so like careful about that with my own students because it's like, no, because like, look, when you were too, too loud, as you just described earlier, now look at how you're using that loud voice in its right, in its own lights and how it's had a domino effect on so many other women that you surround yourself with. So I think that so often as a society, we just hush women and tell them that they're too much because, ooh, but what if they really harnessed who they really were? Then what? Then those old white men are all in trouble. So this is like the second episode in a row I think I've mentioned old white men, but like (laughs) the crotchety old men who have wanted control over how we showed up in the world can no longer survive when women are being brought up and knowing who they are and how to use their voice and that they aren't too much. And like, who are you to tell me? what I can be, you know? So I I love that. You've just always had that. That's so interesting. Not only that, but like in your human experience, there's been nothing that has like robbed you of that to your core. Like, of course, I'm not saying you go through life with toxic positivity and everything's sunshine, rainbows and butterflies, but the fact that you can, you know, no one's ever like robbed that of you to your core and you still can like shine that light. I think is very admirable that I think a lot of people miss out on. Well,
1: I have to say to you, like a lot of that has also been doing a lot of inner child work, right? Going back to why do I believe this? Why do I feel like this? And where did this come from? And then and then doing a little bit of digging into, you know, when I was a kid, what's the first memory that pops up? What what how do I remember that happening? Who told me that? What was the scenario like? How did I feel in that? And then sort of allowing that inner child version of myself just to be who she was and say, Hey, listen, like look, look at me now. Now I'm be able to use that voice and even though we've been silenced, now we're able to get out and be loud and help be that voice for other women too. So, you know, it's not for nothing kind of thing, right? She yes. kind of go through that experience and that has helped me really, I guess, blossom into being my own authentic self and not being afraid of what other people are gonna think about that and not holding back because I'm afraid anymore.
0: So wh- how do you think play has played a role in your journey? because I think you do it really well and maybe you don't even realize you're doing it. (laughs) But I feel like we forget to play as adults and find those little glimmers because we're always so focused on our triggers instead of our glimmers.
1: Oh, I like that. You know, it's funny. I remember when I got pregnant with my son and it was unexpected. And I remember one of my uncles saying to me, oh, that's good. Maybe this will finally slow and calm you down by having a child. No. Okay. So like, no wonder, like, this is just one of many, you know, of the voices that I heard throughout my life. And it's interesting you ask that because based on that opinion of his and others who kept saying things like that, it was like, I got this idea that I was really immature and that somehow having good energy and being playful was somehow really immature and it wasn't accepted, right? Right. And so I, it's funny because now as an adult, I mean, I, I lean into play because I enjoy it. The more I laugh, the more I have fun, the more I play, the more enjoyable life is like life shouldn't be so serious, you know? And again, funny white men, they, you know, they, they kind of created this world to keep us serious, mm-hmm. right? us in a box. And this is how things should be. And everything has its compartment. And I say, blow the whole compartment up. Like, we don't need compartments. We can just enjoy life because we're here for a really short period of time. And we really, really, I I would hope we really want to expo- explore that and express in that as much as we possibly can. Kind of like I was saying earlier, I often had a lot of anxiety around being myself and bringing the joy Because people will often look at you funny, right? People look at you weird when you're the one who's laughing the loudest or having the most fun or you're very expressive, right? And so I was embarrassed by that and it created a lot of anxiety. And now I realize, again, through probably a lot of development, that a lot of people are watching because they don't do it themselves. Bingo. There it is. Right? (laughs) They don't know what is going on. And partly I think it's like, well, how come she's having so much fun? why is she allowed to have that kind of fun? And I'm not allowed to have that kind of fun. And I really wanted to change that trajectory to help other people lean into having more fun. So I allow myself to be the silly person in the room and doing things that are fun and really encouraging that light so that other people, like it's like saying it out loud, right? It's like the more we talk about the things, the more we show up doing that thing, it gives other people permission to do the same. So I think that it just started out as a natural thing that I was doing. And now it's, it, it is partially intentional. I do encourage the room to get lighter and for us to focus on smiling and bringing good energy into a space, right? So it's become a really important piece of my life for sure.
0: So something that I think that you do really well, just from watching you, just, it sounds like I'm a peeping Tom, just from watching you on the screen. But no, <laughs> I think you do a really nice job of allowing that, like giving your, giving others permission while also holding space for the difficult stuff because I think that there's such a balance in that where you're, you're able to validate someone else's hard, but also letting them know that that duality of joy and difficult and, you know, happiness and playfulness and also really deeply feeling can coexist. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You don't need to succumb to the pain and rob yourself of that joy.
1: No, absolutely not. And I think that's where that toxic positivity kind of came in. Mm -hmm. It's like, All of a sudden, you weren't allowed to feel, and you should just be happy all the time. And the reality is that's not real. That's not true. And so, you know, first of all, I always tell, like, stop shitting all over everybody. Like, there is no shoulds. There are no five steps to this or that. There are no 10 ways to do X, Y, and Z. Every single one of us is born as an individual, and every single one of us is meant to be exactly who we are and how we do things, right? Right. And so I think that that, that I always come back to that. It's like, we're here to be individuals. And now, of course, I've lost track of the question I was answering.
0: (laughs) Oh no, it it wasn't really, it was just merely, a. it was just a conversation piece of like a, have that duality of how like you can hold space for the pain and not let it take over. Like you can find, because I think sometimes we feel guilty for finding joy in moments where like we should, like you should say, shooting all over ourselves. How could I possibly feel playfulness and happiness right now when this heavy stuff is going on? When the reality is like, who told you that? Because you can have space for both. If this moment you're finding that little glimmer of joy, that's probably what's going to help carry you through that difficult journey. It doesn't have to be one or the other.
1: 100%. I absolutely agree with that. And you know, both sides are a part of life. And if we're not experiencing any sadness or big, heavy feelings or recognizing or becoming aware of those big, heavy things that we believe about ourselves or that we've bought into all of our lives and we're working through that, it is it is hard work. It is tough stuff to dig into, you know? like I think when i tell my when I tell people that I'm a joy coach or a joy coach for women and I help them find their joy, I think people often think we're just going to be sitting in a room dancing and partying all the time and that it's all fun and games. But the truth is that it is hard work. But the thing is, you know, I think that in life we have been encouraged to only celebrate when we've reached an achievement. Mm. So we've sort of left the celebrations longer and longer and longer. And it's like sometimes as you get older, your achievements become so much further away from each other. And if you're only celebrating when you achieve something it no longer becomes a priority. But I really believe that I do this a lot with the women that I work with is like, let's celebrate every small thing because everything is a victory. You don't have to wait to enjoy your life or enjoy yourself or have a moment of joy until you've achieved something. That's, mm-hmm. that's not the way that it is. And, and life is messy and ugly and sometimes gross and mucky and sometimes beautiful. And so it's like learning how to lean into the waves of life picking out those moments of joy, being grateful for that thing or something every day um, and making those the highlight points, you know, because it's really easy. It's so easy to just nitpick and focus on all the things that are going wrong. I mean, my Lord, look at the world right now. I mean, actually, I try not to, right? I call it rose colored glasses, call it whatever Ingrance you want. But really it's like, <laughs> it really
0: is bliss. It really
1: is bliss. And the way I, I truly, you know, I really encourage people to, to to try to tap out of as much of that bad news as possible, because it's not good for us. It actually brings down everything. Your energy comes down in your body. You're all of a sudden you're looking for all those negative and bad things. Whereas if you just turn it off and don't get involved in all that drama and all of that energy that's out there and just focus on being in your lane, just mm. focus on what's bringing you joy, what feels good to you in the moment are you are you spending your day doing at least something in the day that is going to put a smile on your face, right? Mm-hmm. Or is your day so dictated and you have so many expectations for yourself that you can't actually just, you know, take a moment for you and tap into joy or have a little dance party in your kitchen or, you know, write Be with your kids. Um, there's so many opportunities for it, but I certainly think it's a really important part. I really hope to convey that to others. Like, Let's let's have more fun. Let's have more play. Mm-hmm. And and not be so serious because that wasn't a rule that we created. No. Let's shift it. Yeah, you know? Yeah.
0: Exactly. I love that. And I think that there's also there's a means of like being not turning a blind eye to like the realistic side of the world, but I think that as a culture The media is such a beast and will your scroll alone will thrive off of even just conversations that you have with people. So if you start talking about that bad, you're going to not you might not even realize how much it's going to pop up in your life. So like when you need to just disconnect and put your phone down, like acknowledge that that's happening, but also staying in touch with yourself to realize I don't have the capacity to digest this. And the rabbit hole is very quick to get into that dark space, but it's also just as quick to get onto that good stuff (laughs) and the stuff that's going to boost you and like push you through, through life. So you actually just accidentally gave a great segue (laughs) into talking about the joy project. So I want to hear about how did the joy project get started? What is it? What does it look like for your clients? Do you call them clients? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I actually look, at it. it's more, it's a, it's a community. And instead okay. of it being like where I'm, you know, the teacher and they're the student, it's more like a collective. We're coming together and it's really a place to like lean on each other and learn to get to know other women who also want to lift others up, right? I mean, how often do we go out into the world and even with people that are close in our lives and they're really not there, they don't really have our backs. Like gossip is very prevalent. It happens all the time. Um, women, especially constantly breaking each other down and tearing each other down when really we should be lifting each other up. So I'm looking to attract and have attracted some of those women already who are heart-led, who want to be the lifter, who are helpers by nature and want to be there to support other women, but also are looking for that encouragement and support back and are willing to look at and realize that they don't have it all figured out either, right? None of us do, right? So having a little bit of that willingness to be vulnerable to lean into who you really are and to create this safe space where women can come as they are. They can ask questions. They can get outside of that discomfort box that they're in and actually start using their voice in a way that brings them strength. Because the more that we use our voice, the more we practice, it's like, I guess you could say it's almost like a practicing ground, right? It's like a place to practice. It's a place to talk about those things that are frustrating and hard. So we can find out what that is, how we can shift our mindset around it and really help move the needle on how we're practicing in our day-to-day so that we're not living in that space with those people. You know, it's like, so yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. So what it looks like is every week we meet on a Wednesday night, virtually at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And each week is a little bit different. Um, I think the favorite amongst everyone is the weekly or the monthly social, where we come together and we get to know each other a little bit better. And we talk about, like, we have fun and we're a little silly, But we also talk about or meet or I guess connect in that space um, with real questions and real conversation, right? So Mm. I don't believe in having surface conversation. And I believe that's where we kind of lose each other a lot, right? We're all in this place of pretend. We're all in autopilot. We're asking Mm. all the same questions. And so I have this like deck of cards. Do I even have them with me? What are they called? They're called best self. And so in them are different categories of questions that you can ask that are deeper than the surface level. So it's going to ask you questions like, you know, when was a time in your life that you stopped believing in yourself or what's something that you have regretted for a really long time and you'd still really love to do or like just deeper questions that kind of pull out a little bit more, uh, you know, meat and potatoes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I send everybody off into little private group rooms and they have one or two people that they're talking to in those rooms. So those conversations are a little bit more intimate. They're learning about each other. And I find that when we dive deeper quickly and we stop, we don't stay in that surface space and we come into having real conversation quickly, we build a bond that much quicker. Mm -hmm. That collaborative heart binding, um, I'm here for you, you're here for me, that vulnerability becomes that much easier when we dive a little deeper right out of the gate. So that's what the social is really all about. So it's bringing people and women really close together. Um, And then every other session is a little bit different. Sometimes we bring in a guest speaker or we'll have a discussion panel on something that's important to the women in the group. So I'm always throwing out different ideas or concepts or topics that they might want to talk about or they're struggling in. And so we'll bring in an expert, let's say, because I'm certainly not an expert in everything, right? Like I bring people together and I want you to enjoy your life, but I'm not necessarily always the expert in every category of life, right? Like that one person cannot be all those things. Mm-hmm. So we. I bring in other people to come and speak with us or teach us something or show us something or walk us through an exercise of something so that we can really learn together and build this community and, and learn as we go. Um, so that's really, that's really what it's all about. It's about connecting, building d- deeper relationships, learning as we go, and then practicing on each other using our voices and being vulnerable so that when we're done practicing in this comfortable space or what's becoming more comfortable, they can go out into the world and use that voice a little louder with a little bit more, you know, (laughs) a little more. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah.
0: I've always thought it was interesting how, like when you're bringing people together in this community and, and holding space for such vulnerability and for them to be able to tap into that, those hard conversations, not only with themselves, but then using their voice to express it. I find it so funny that, in when I've been in those spaces with like, quote unquote, strangers, essentially, um, it's almost been more comfortable doing that and than with having those same conversations with people I've known my whole life. So it's oh, it's just it goes to show that it's not you that's the issue. It's really. Like you've always had it in you to be able to have that voice and harness it and talk about it. It's just the spaces that maybe you've been in and the circumstances you've had with these people maybe not has, has have not offered that same safe space for you to have those tough conversations.
1: Well, and when we surround ourselves with the people that can lift us, mm-hmm. different things can happen. You know, I often describe this as like what you're talking about. I often describe that as, you know, when people get to know us, especially when we're like, we've been in a family our entire lives, or we've had friends for a really long time, they know us as that version of us. Mm. So as we start to grow and develop as a human and start recognizing some of the things that we've picked up along the way that we're no longer interested in carrying, and we start to grow, we start to talk differently, we start to act differently, and we start to want different things And we start to be more careful about the people we surround ourselves with because we realize that that energy is everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can be in a great space with a great group of people and then all of a sudden get thrown into a group that's not so great. You leave not feeling good, right? Mm -hmm. So you become really aware of your circle of people. And, you know, I don't think it's because the people that are in our lives or have been in our lives for a really long time don't love us anymore. It's that they don't know us as this new version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so they keep trying to bring us back to the version that they know. Because that's
0: comfortable for them.
1: Yeah. That's right. But it's not, it's no longer where we are. It's no longer who we are and it's no longer comfortable for us. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to stay where we feel all these binds that are holding us back. We want to be catapulted into what's coming next. And once you start to grow and once you start to realize what you're capable of without others unintentionally holding you back, you start to realize that a lot of the fears that you have aren't really yours, Mm. that those beliefs that you have aren't really yours. And when you can, you know, basically weed the garden and take those things out and plant in new plants and new seeds, you get to realize that you can create whatever you want. But not everybody is at that place where they're ready Mm. to create. They don't maybe see it, they're not ready for it. They're not at that part of their journey, which means, you know, it's like, it's like this. Uh, a lot of people struggle with this idea or concept because I think that we feel like we have to keep those same friendships forever. Oh, that I'm there's so something of that yes, right that we're that there's something wrong with wanting to leave a friendship. And the truth is, no, th- there's nothing wrong with wanting to leave a friendship. You know, friendships are sometimes seasonal, right? Sometimes people come in our lives for a very short period of time. Sometimes they come in our lives for a very long period of time. But if we're no longer synergistic and we're no longer helping each other to feel good and lift each other up and be a support system for each other, Mm -hmm. then maybe that friendship is no longer serving us. It doesn't mean that one of us or both of us are bad people. It just means we've probably outgrown each other or have just taken on a different path and it's okay to let that go. We don't have to hold on to people. It's like, imagine if the very first person you ever dated Oh. You had to hold on to for the rest of right. Like when you put it that way, how
0: ridiculous is yes, that, right? Yeah. yeah, that's so true. That's so true.
1: When you put it in a different perspective, and you're like, oh well, shit, I don't want to be stuck with that guy forever. Hell no, mm. right? Because I grew and I learned. Okay, through that dating experience, I learned that that's not what I want. So that I. Go out there and I try again and I get this and I go, well, okay, a little bit better over here, but this is still not quite right. Okay, moving on, right? Mm -hmm. Like we keep moving on until we can surround ourselves with somebody who is the right support for us and the right kind of person who we can grow with, right? That's the whole concept, that's the whole idea. So it's the same thing in friendships and in all relationships. Um, You know, we can choose them. That's, Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of it. We can choose it whenever we want.
0: I also think that that's linked to like wanting to be liked Like, and likeability, like, oh, well, I can't be the, the quote unquote, I'll be the mean girl if I decide that this connection is no longer serving me or it's just not a healthy space. I like to call, um, them charging stations. Like if the people that I'm with are not charging stations for me and they're just draining my battery of my life. And I didn't learn what that even looked like or felt like until I did the work. I think that's something I'm so grateful for about the pandemic was that I was like, okay, this is probably might be the only time in my life where it's going to be my walls, my dog and me. And I really want to get to know me better. And then when when the world was opening up and I was starting to be more social, I found myself being in those energy spaces where I was like, wow, this feels different. And it had nothing to do. They didn't do anything wrong, necessarily. I was just different. So mm. I am it makes me even extra, I'm sure you feel the same way, extra grateful for the people that have um, met you and followed you through a different versions of yourself. And you still feel that connection with those people. I think it makes it even deeper and even more special because it's like, whoa, okay, this is really, this is really something, <laughs> you know, like it's more yeah. sisterhood in that way.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think too, like on your note, it's like, I think that we feel like if we let those friends go, like. I don't want to be by myself. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be with people. I, I don't want to be lonely. I want to have people in my circle. And what we don't realize until we go through it is when you let people go that are no longer, you know, serving you. And I, that sounds very...
0: Yeah, I don't mean serving. You're like, not enough for them anymore. Right, right. Yeah. You know, I, what I mean
1: is... <laughs> right, if if you're not leaving uh, an, an encounter with someone feeling good, then there's a good chance that that may not be the right relationship for you anymore, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I actually, I remember listening to this. I don't remember where I picked this up, but someone was saying there are different kinds of people in our lives. There are people that get one minute of our time. There are people that get five minutes of our time. There are people that get 30 minutes, that get one day, or that get five days kind of thing. And so like in each section, so if you think about the person who gets one minute, that's the neighbor, who you're like, good morning, how's your day going? Great, it's going great. Oh, nice new car. I noticed you watched it or your look looks great or I love the garden, right? That's your one minute connection, right? Mm-hmm. That's a one minute relationship. Then the next, let's say is five minutes where you have a little bit of a further conversation. Maybe you have dogs in common or you, know, you can talk about how they're doing and how they're growing, et cetera. That's five minutes. And then your one hour, you can kind of see where this is going, right? The longer you're spending with and the more connection and the better those people make you feel, the longer you spend with them. But if you spend five days with somebody who's a one minute connection, how good are you going to feel at the end of five days?
0: Ooh, I've never heard. But it's so true. That's such right? a good way of thinking about it. I've never thought about it like that.
1: So yeah. like sometimes when we take what we think we know and understand or thing something that is and we just flip it on its head And give it a different perspective. We go, oh look at that! So I shouldn't feel guilty when I have to make a change, or you know, let something go, or make changes in myself. I shouldn't feel guilt for that because that's that's part of growth. And and maybe that person was just a one minute person, and I gave them five days. And I I'm going to go back to the one minute.
0: It gives a whole new meaning to the term one minute man. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. What a perspective shift. No, I love that though. Like, yeah, I don't want to spend five days with my, hey, nice lawn neighbor. No, he's probably right. going to be on a Netflix documentary anyway. So why do I want to put myself in that position? It doesn't, right. mean you're, it doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with that person. You're not shaming or should feel bad about that. Which Do you think that that's why women especially feel so bad about finding joy and like saying no and distancing when they need to put distance in? Because of that guilt?
1: We haven't been taught that that, is, that it's okay. It hasn't been encouraged. It's been discouraged. You know, uh back in our generational, you know, history, it's like only speak when spoken to. You're you're the support. You know, you stay home, you take care of the children, and you cook in the house and you clean. Like those are your rules. You don't have an opinion here. You don't make choices here. You're not in charge of finances, you're not in charge of anything other than Ugh. managing the family, right? <laughs> So it's like, we've we've been taught that it's not okay for us to have an opinion or to make a choice or to say no to something because it's never been an option until, you know, in our more recent history, which hasn't been that long, that women have an opportunity to have a say. Women can vote and women can have, you know, their opinion articulated, or they're maybe being more taken seriously in a boardroom or in any other space that they're in. You know, it takes a lot. I think we don't realize it takes a lot to like unhinge ourselves from history and start making pathways, right? And it's not until we're aware of what those hinges are, where they've come from and why we believe them or believe in them to then go, huh, like, I don't really believe that anymore. So if I don't believe it, why why am I so determined to hold on to that? Mm Mm-hmm. But it's scary. It's scary to step outside into an uncomfortable space where you're not familiar and you don't know what's coming, right? Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But what we don't see is that when it's unfamiliar and you don't know what's coming and you have no expectation, the incredible things that can happen when you don't know what's coming next.
0: Right. Which again- The most magical thing. Yes, that perspective shift of like, it doesn't, yes, it's scary- But also not what could go wrong, but also how right could it be? How life altering could it be in the most beautiful of ways? It doesn't have to be this dark, scary path. It can be a scary, beautiful path.
1: (laughs) Right. Which is why like that community was so important to me. And like right now it's small because it's still new and it's going to grow over time. But it's like ultimately I want to create this like fierce group of women who are going to learn that They are in charge of them. They can choose what they want. They can use their voice. They can change their life. They can shift their belief system. They can find a new way because they have the power and strength and ability to do it. They just haven't been shown it yet. Right. So imagine how many women, imagine what the change could be if we all tapped into looking at things a little differently and seeing ourselves a little differently and being able to practice with other people who are doing the same thing, right? Right. It's less scary when we're doing it together. Yes. But it's like creating this, like, I think my goal here is like to create this new norm. Mm -hmm. The new norm of like no expectations, right?
0: Yes. Which I think is really the ultimate goal of life. Because when you don't have those, you're not put, the pressure is off in a, in a lot of ways, the pressure is not on to like, like, what is that success going to look like for you? You don't, it's okay to not even know that yet because you're literally starting a path that you've never explored, and if you're going to start any path of, of exploration, self-exploration is probably the best one because you know that you're always going to have yourself. It's the longest relationship you're ever going to have. So That's right. on that path of self-discovery and happiness, whoever you lose, you're probably meant to lose in order to gain what you're meant to gain.
1: Oh my gosh. You said it so well. And like, oh my gosh, I totally had a thought there that was so in alignment. Of course, it completely left my brain. How does that happen so quickly? Oh my God. Because all I the
0: not tabs pause? are open all the tabs are open in our brains that's why but seriously i think that when when you when you're when you start to be okay with not feeling cuz imagine like you said to you, to what you were saying earlier imagine dragging you're starting this new path but you're going to drag everyone with you everyone from your whole life is coming with you that's just not realistic so being okay with the fact that you're not the bad guy when you need to leave somebody behind. And it also doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing either. (laughs) I feel like we all, we think it has to be like this big, you know, oh, show or dance or drama because we love it. That's what we're thriving off of. Leave it to Bravo. Leave that to the reality TV shows. It doesn't have to be your actual life.
1: (laughs) It's so true. Oh, I think what I was going to say too is like the, you know, we've been given these markers in life about, you know, what those achievements are and what that success looks like and what being a good girl looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And it's time we made our own definitions. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, it's like success for most of us, success, if we asked, if we sat down and got 10 people in a room and asked them what success was, well, what do you think they would say, Becca?
0: They would probably put it to some type of monetary regard or some type of like a title of some sort. I don't think it would be intrinsic. Just like that thing. How many, if I told you to list all the things you love, how long would it take for you to name yourself? Like, it's very similar to that.
1: Yes, because we haven't been the ones who designed the definition of what that success looks like. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of us don't realize that we can, we can decide what that is anytime we want. We can create a definition that's suitable for us. Someone else's success isn't what we want, right? Right. And when I think about the people that I see that are really successful in that monetary title Mm -hmm. sense, how much fulfillment do they have in their life? How much joy do they have in their life? How much are they playing? How much are they having fun? And what are they saying when they hit their deathbed? You know, Mm -hmm. I'll bet you they have a lot of regrets because they were so focused on making sure that they succeeded to that definition that they missed all of the amazing stuff along the way because they thought it wasn't going to be of benefit to their success. Right. Whereas, like, what what if your goal in success was just to live a great life and enjoy every moment mm-hmm. and try as many new things as you could and not judge others or gossip about others, or you know, just lead from your heart because it feels good, and you go ahead and do that thing, you know?
0: Mm-hmm and the longevity of your success is going to look very different too because that bonus that you get might feel good for the day might feel good for when that first paycheck comes in but there's no there's no consistent longevity in in what that happiness is going to bring you it's very like in the moment and then it's fleeting that's the word i was looking for fleeting whereas when you're building a life surrounded of, around the little moments and building joy within yourself and finding happiness in those you know connection and energy you're energized more to get through life and it's more sustainable. You don't have to try so hard anymore to be happy.
1: Yeah, it's like, and if you can imagine, like think about any time that you planned something, whether it was a vacation, whether whatever it is, you know, your life, your career, your education, any of those things, especially let's take a vacation, for example, when you plan the vacation meticulously all the way through and you have to be certain places at a certain time versus... All of a sudden, just getting thrown into a scenario where the next thing you know, you're being swept off your swept off your feet. You're going and doing things you didn't ex- expect or anticipate. There was no planning, and it was all impromptu. Which one did you have more thought?
0: Oh, right, spontaneity right? for sure. Yeah,
1: it's always in what we don't know is coming next. It's always the most exciting. It's always the most rewarding, and that can be the way that we live our lives if we allow ourselves to, and don't get caught up in these parameters that have been given to us by somebody else
0: like yeah whoever that is yeah (laughs) whoever that is is just making money off of our unhappiness and insecurity anyway so it's so true (laughs) you know so true oh my goodness we could just talk for hours on this Uh, time has literally flown but where can our community find your community on the socials
1: Yeah, so you can find uh, me through Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at It's Me, Christine D. Um, And of course, you can learn about the community uh, through those social channels, but you can also visit itsmechristined.ca for all the information about the community.
0: And I'll put all the links to how to find Christine. This sounds like how to find her, but like how to connect with her and just her energy is contagious. And it's literally the boost of endorphin and serotonin that you need in your daily life. I promise you that. And I will put all the links to that on the bottom of our show notes right here. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. This has been a blast. And I know that this is not the, of course the last time we're connecting because we're part of the female Alliance media together, which we didn't even talk about the podcast. Oh my gosh. Say it out. You've probably heard Christine's voice before in the ads that I put in for Go Be Great. So if she sounds familiar, it's because of her Say It Out Loud podcast. Oh my gosh, that's so funny
1: because I just put your ad in my podcast that went out today.
0: So oh, you're there out you there, there
1: today online and I'm in there. Yeah. You know, I, I find podcasting is such a great way to have conversations that we're generally just not having, right? Mm-hmm. And- and this is like sitting down with a girlfriend, have a conversation about life and how we feel about things. It's not just surface conversation and we're able to put it out into the world. And then other people can go, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Or, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one that feels that. Or, oh, that happened to you too? Like that happens and those connections happen when mm-hmm. we can use our voices. It's just incredible what happens there. So thank you so yes. much for having me here today.
0: Wait, before we wrap, I know that we can, this is going to be like the longest goodbye ever. I know, Malin, I'm working on it. But it's a funny story because when we first connected and we're going to do like the episode swapping and I love your setup. If you guys have not checked it out already, Christine has this cool setup in her kitchen where like she invites people to in her home, which is like a huge deal, I feel. It's like that's like your, your sanctuary in my eyes. So- She has people in her home to the kitchen, has the microphone, has the whole setup, and like it's so homey and cozy, and I'm always like, this looks so fun. So when we were connecting, (laughs) she was like, hey, you know, so when you can come, I usually have everybody over at my kitchen, and I was like, hey, girl, (laughs) I'm very far away, and I would love to come hang out in your kitchen. That's going to be a solid eight-hour drive for me. You know, the next time you're in Canada, because I didn't realize, I think, when we first met
1: that you actually, you're in Philly, right? Is yeah, that where you are? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right outside so of Philly. I was yep. like, yeah. So I didn't realize that you were, I figured, I, I, I picked up this American, you know, vibe <laughs> from your accent, but I was like, oh, maybe she's just like former US. She's in Canada now. No, 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 no. She's in Philly.
0: I know it was supposed to happen this summer, but it will for sure. At some point, our paths will cross in real life.
1: (laughs) I believe that's true. Yes, it will happen.
0: (laughs) So go check out Christine. uh, Join her joy project. Well, that was a tongue twister. And... All of the things. Just absorb her as much as you can. I promise you. So thank you for joining us. Reach out to her. Reach out to me. You can also email gobegreatpod at gmail.com. You already know how to stalk me on the socials because I'm always up in your face. Lube up and slide into my DMs. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And don't forget to go Go be great. great. Yeah, that was a good one.